And good afternoon. It's 4 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM. We're located here in Lower Crothers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce. Here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. And we do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. Coming up on the show today, in the first hour from the November 6th uh, open mic reading in the End the Journey Continues monthly series and held uh, that month, that uh, evening, as part of CFRC 101.9 FM's 13th annual funding drive. You'll hear readings by Mike Drake, Ken Chin, Sasha Hill, Catherine Lord, Alyssa Cooper, Octavie uh, Dougherty Haig, and uh, Eric Folsom, Rob Watson, Kinman, Jill Glatt, Kai Pierce, Ann Graham, Bob McKenzie, Eugene Karnakia, Meg Freer, and myself. And in the second hour, I'll just shorten it up because I'd just be reading all those names again. You're actually going to hear all of those uh, uh, reading again in the second hour. And the reason is uh, we did it in the round that night. So... I'll explain it when we get there, but uh, yeah, that's why there there are a whole raft of uh, read, uh, poets you're going to hear on the show this afternoon. Uh, but this first, though, the usual hourly announcement, uh, occasionally some uh, spoken word music and uh, poetry, obviously, played on this show may contain strong language, but it's all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. I uh, will have a, uh, actually quite a bit of time that I've purposely uh, set aside because uh, all of the readings uh, left in this uh, wouldn't quite take up the full two hours, having already aired half, almost half of the first portion or the first before we had the break that evening. Uh, so uh, it wasn't enough to fill up, but I have been trying to be a little more, I guess, uh, religious, I guess, about trying to get calls, uh, uh, list, uh, share a list of events and uh, calls for submissions. So trying to get that out, and I have allotted a fair amount of time in the first hour today. I don't think there'll be any in the second hour. If it is, it'll be very minimal but uh, again, uh, we're going to go ahead. I started this, I think, two weeks ago and aired two of the groups of poets uh, done in the round, as I kind of alluded to at the start. Uh, uh, the way it worked that evening is everybody just signed up on the list and uh, went through the list and... Uh, Everybody read one poem, sat down, and then when we got through the list, we just started through the list again. I think we made it through three times that night, so some, uh, some most of the poets got a chance to read uh, three times. So that's why I decided to, rather than try to isolate each poet in every two minutes I'd be back on here going and that was and next you'll hear I decided just to group these in groups of basically four or five uh, readings that night so let's go ahead and just jump into uh, that first group uh, let's see who you'll hear in this order again this was 
at the November 6th open mic reading. In the end, the journey continues monthly open mic series, and that evening held in conjunction with and as uh, one of uh, CFRC 101.9 FM's 13 annual funding drive events. Uh, up, you will hear now Mike Drake, Ken Chin, Sasha Hill, and Catherine Lord. I tell you what, get everything set up here just right, and I think we'll give this a shot. Here we go. Up next, Mike Drake. Spring him up. Um, this is called Who Are As. Pink to quick red. Pink to quick blood red. Little dream. Little dream run rusted like her blue dress when she has fashion language lazy with bluebird giggles. <laughs> Mike Drake, let's give him another hand. I'm next, Ken Chan, let's bring him up. This one's called Combat. Combat separates the men from the boys and the quick from the dead. Can't remember where I heard that, but the opponent about to engage me with a six-foot rattan staff is neither a man nor a boy, but a young woman. I could sense her apprehension. After all, my days in Kung Fu training were more than the days of her age. Yet, the second-year Queen's math student wanted to experience fighting with a staff, and I was willing to teach her. To her, it was something new, fun mixed with a bit of danger and competitiveness. A child of the new generation, there were no barriers that she could not overcome, no limits that she could not reach. I smile as I watch this brave young Amazon. About time, I thought to myself, the idea of women as the weaker sex, the biggest load of crap ever sold by a male-dominated world to suppress the full potential of women. It was only in the last few decades that this idea was put to rest. Anyone in martial arts knows that size and strength are the only two factors determining the outcome in a fight. I am smaller than most men or women. No one questions my ability in physical combat. If size and strength were the only factors to win, there would be no martial arts. I know of at least two styles of Kung Fu invented by women, for women to fight men. Both have been hijacked by men, and one is arguably the most popular style of Kung Fu taught worldwide. It is also the style that the late great Bruce Lee started his career in. Martial arts can teach you to use the opponent's strength and momentum against themselves, or to use your entire mass and body weight to hit one single point on the opponent. It can also train you to see not a great big hulking opponent bearing down on you, but a mass of targets with many weak points. She placed herself ready for the attack. Stop, I yelled. She froze. You are taller than me and have a longer reach. You also have a six-foot staff. Use both lengths to your advantage. She nodded and stepped back. 
then started her attack again. As I parried her staff away, I realized that the staff in her hand was only a stick. This determined young woman herself was the weapon. Thank you. That was Ken Chin. Let's give another hand. Up next, Sasha Hill. Let's bring her up. wanted to say a bit about this piece. So for me, writing is a lot in the catharsis of getting it on the page. And it isn't really so much about the piece, it's more about the process of writing. So I'm really happy to be here and continue the cathartic process now in sharing. So this piece is called Dear X. You can see why I need the catharsis. <laughs> Where do I begin? When we met, it was impulse firestorm, complete thunder, lightning, boom, bang, snap. I'm out of being a kid. I'm all grown up. Next to you, million dollar baby can't stop me now. Desire driven madness complete. Feeling whole with you, feeling nothing without. Gone. But why? Graduate with no knowledge of how to fall into life. So we plummet. Taxes, rent, bills, eating dollar bills, complete wasteland of youth. Eaten and delicious. It's gone though. We licked the plate clean. My bones thinned out with aging, with sleeping in, and too much darkness. Yelling and screaming, drinking and passing out. Lights out on the adult now. I'm all grown up. I've learned. I'm complete with you. Nothing without. Whole life. Platitude, apartment, beige walls, walking, haunting, beige walls. Concrete completeness fell completely. Past was youth, shotgun running with no shoes on. It went belly up, sweet bubbles of fizzy frenzy. Rolling thunder laughter in echo chambers. Repeat it back, echo, I love you, echo. I love you. Say you love me. Helpless, hopeless, desperate, desperate, wanting, lusting, canoe trip, lake water, sweet from down under, taste his mouth on lipstick stained bottles, raining when I broke your heart, snowing when I told you, shattered, shattered, echo, echo. Here I am, I was complete with you, found nothing with him. Left the adult now, I'm all grown up. Pieces of me falling into the well, grazing the edge of sanity, slowly mending together with paint and cracks, 
building, mending, painting, writing, mending. I'm the adult now. I'm all grown up. Found everything and feel complete with me. Thank you very much. Sasha Hill, let's give another hand. And up next, Catherine, is it Lord? Yes. Let's bring them up. into a few uh, acts of self-love and this is my first poem of self-love. I was outside of myself, out of my shell, placed on the shelf for someone, for anyone to look at. I was thin air, I wasn't there nor here, no mouth, no eyes, no ears, no fingers to caress my own flesh. I could only smell fear and despair, blinded by anger, muted by my own inner loudness, deafened by the storm unfolding around me handcuffed by the decision to stay. When I look at you now, one woman that I am, I can only be thankful you left the shelf, went back into yourself, found your voice, listened to it, heard the throbs of your heart, broke the chains apart, opened the curtains of your soul, took a peek, liked what you saw, decided to stay with yourself, lovingly, totally, unconditionally. Catherine Lord, let's give her another hand. And uh, you just heard from, again, the November 6th open mic uh, reading in the End of Journey Continues monthly reading uh, series and held that evening as part of CFRC 101.9 FM's uh, 13th annual funding drive uh, and as part of that, uh, uh, it's an event, or was an event in that uh, funding drive. Uh, you did hear readings by, in this order, Mike Drake, Ken Chin, Sasha Hill, and Catherine Lord, as you heard, was reading for the very first time. So up next, here in this order again, and again done in the round, you'll hear readings by Alyssa Cooper, Octavie Doherty, 
I believe it's Haig. It might be. Yeah, I believe it's Haig. Uh, and Derek Folsom and me. And I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. I will correct it after I announce them after they read. Anyway, here we go. Up next, Alyssa Cooper. Let's bring her up. Uh, I wrote this piece yesterday, so I don't know what to call it yet. Suggestions? <laughs> um, so for now, untitled. The clock has lost its meaning. It's hard to tell the difference between waking and sleeping. Silence grows an edge like a blade, and you leave your windows open at night in hopes of feeling anything. You leave the door unlocked in hopes of escaping, in hopes of igniting, but the world is standing still. Death keeps peeking through the keyholes, keeps reminding you that you belong to him and he's right, but you are stubborn like your mother. A man once slayed a dragon and made the world from its bones, took credit for the creation, for pieces pre-existing. And what is a dragon if not a woman? A creature with watching eyes and fire instead of a voice. What woman does not know the taste of rebellion grown into her bones like a growing storm full of cyanide and apple cores? What woman does not remember sliding man-made key into man-made lock and being blamed for what sprang forth? The universe is a graveyard. And what is death if not a gardener? Alyssa Cooper, let's give another hand. Now, I'm not blaming the handwriting, I'm blaming my eyes, but I think uh, coming up next is it Octavi Doherty High? Is that right? Is that close? Anyway, let's bring her up. We'll find out how to say her name now. Octavie Doherty Haig. Haig. Haig, yeah. This poem is called Itch. I miss it. It almost killed me, but I still miss it. It gave me purpose. I woke up every day knowing exactly what I was supposed to do and how I was supposed to do it. I knew I had it. When I was sick, I would lose my mind hearing the time tick. That silent chime was a mind trick. I hated time. The little reminder that I was still too slow and ate too fast, only because I always wanted to be perfect. I thought that time was the bouncer, and I was too young to walk into the club where people start to like themselves. When I was sick, I knew it. I knew that I was losing it. I knew that I could just make myself better too, which, I didn't do. Well, shit. When I was sick, I had mad hope. I thought I was slipping down a steep slope that would bring me back up on the other side. But I didn't slide down a muddy pit. I jumped off a fucking cliff. And boy, did it feel nice to fly. When I was sick, I knew that I was going to die. Three pieces of celery, half a can of tuna, and a quarter cup of oatmeal. That's all I ate when I had her. The itch the disease, that fucking bitch. Her name was Anna, and boy, you should have seen what she did to my weight. Wait, 
You probably did. I really did like to show off my bones, you know. I liked how my ribs were an overhanging cliff above my stomach and how my pelvis left black bruises on my hips as if they've been kissed by imaginary lips. The less I weighed, the less I wore. I wasn't a skinny whore, though. I just thought that no one loved me. I just thought that maybe, just maybe if I was skinny, they would at least like me. And maybe then I would like myself too. When I was sick, I thought that I had nothing to lose because I had nothing. Except for that something, the teensy fact that I kept my grades above my body mass. Because who needs a nice ass when you can weigh 82 pounds and score 99 in math class? When I was sick, I thought I had no one. Except for sometimes, that someone. He didn't mind that my hands turned purple and veiny when it was cold. He didn't mind that I had bags under my eyes that made me look twice as old as I was. He didn't care about that. He said I looked tired, but in a good way. When I was sick, every day was a terrible day. So every day he made my day because it wasn't that hard to do. When I was sick, I cried myself to sleep about three nights a week. The other nights I would study till 2 a.m. praying that I wouldn't have to wake up again. I was hungry. When I was sick, I knew that I was smart. When I was sick, I knew that I was skinny. When I was sick, I knew that there was someone somewhere who really, really wanted to save me because they thought that I was more than just a crazy girl obsessed with calories and her grades. He thought that I was good and made the world a better place and sappy stuff like that. He thought that if I died, the world would be sad. And sometimes I miss being thought of like that. Thank you. That was Octavie Doherty. Hey, let's uh, give her another hand. Up next, Eric Folsom. Let's bring him up. Hi, thank you. Um, I'm still having fun uh, attempting to translate Jean Cocteau. Um, this is the seventh poem in the series Cryptographies, uh, Priest Nivregard, in which uh, Jean Cocteau offers advice and encouragement to those of us who are writing poetry in almost total obscurity. Not that any of us are facing that. <laughs> Though no one notice. Though no one notice or regard your oft unguarded face, let never the loss of face displace your innocence in this regard. Disregard all negative spins spun out of ancient oppression if images become your obsession. The bleak portrait will just do you in. Calmly, calmly, live on the edge. Though tough your exile seems to be on a small desert isle far out to sea, a single witness before the judge. Embroider the patches on your clothes. The lyric muse will decide what's true. And whatever the muse desires from you, the poet is always the last to know. <laughs> Thank you. 
Jared Falsav, let's give him another hand. Okay, before we, well, before, I'm going to read a poem to finish out the round, but before I do that, is there anybody that got missed? Anybody that didn't sign up? Anybody that has a poem that they want to read? Okay, I'm going to read a short poem, and then we're going to do maybe a 10, 15-minute intermission. This is called Motion. You may not realize, but you have a slight shift of body, fingers, eyes, is projecting what you are thinking, what your next attention or place will be. And in it all is not an indication that you are about ready to leave, but instead that you have already left. Thanks. And again, from the November 6th open mic reading in the And the Journey Continues monthly series. And uh, again, held in conjunction that evening uh, at the Elm Cafe with, uh, uh, as a part of, and an event in uh, CFRC 101.9 FM's 13th Annual Funding Drive. Uh, the readings you heard in this order were by Alyssa Cooper, Octavie Doherty Haig, Eric Folsom, and myself. Tell you what, uh, it's getting to be about that time. Let's do this. I'll be right back. Friday evenings at 6 p.m. here on CFRC, listen to Saltwater Music, a show covering all musical genres from the East Coast of Canada. Celtic, of course, but also rock, jazz, blues, folk, and a lot more. I'm your host, Rob Carnell. Tune in to Saltwater Music Friday evening from 6 to 8 here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Or you can catch us on the web at www.cfrc.ca. And for our listeners out east, that's 7 p.m. Atlantic and 7.30 Newfoundland. Are you working in Kingston? Do you have thoughts about what it's like to work here? What do you think about diversity in your workplace? Keys Job Center wants to know what you think about diversity and inclusion in Kingston's workplaces. Find us on Facebook by searching Keys Job Center and follow the link to our survey. Once you've shared your thoughts, you can enter for a chance to win a $200 Visa gift card. We need your help to understand your experience of working in Kingston so that we can build a better, more inclusive community for everyone. Discussing the impacts that music has on stimulating creative thought and existential queries. In a few moments, you will hear examples of industrial, electronic, or the music that some would find dark and weird. If you experience thoughts of a higher cognitive process, do not be alarmed. It is your mental processes at work. It is the anatomy lesson. Every Saturday night at 11 p.m., your host, Cameron Willis, delves deep into the dark and of rhythmic and harmonic organization in the basement of Lower Carruthers Hall. Tune in for the anatomy lesson on CFRC 101.9 FM. 
Walk Home is one of the services provided to you by the Alma Mater Society at Queen's University. Walk Home is a completely confidential and anonymous service where students will pick you up and walk you to any location within our extensive boundaries. We are located in the Lower Cayley of the John Deutsch University Centre. You can request a walk by dropping by the kiosk or by calling 613-533-9255 during our hours of operation. We are open every night from dusk till 2am, Sunday to Wednesday, or till 3am from Thursday to Saturday. During exam season, we are open until 4am. Last year, we completed over 10,000 walks, walking the equivalent distance of crossing the width of Canada and back. So whether you're feeling unsafe, want someone to walk with after a night at the library, or feel more comfortable walking downtown with someone, call Walk Home. If you have any questions about the service, please feel free to contact us by calling 613-533-9255 or by emailing walkhome at ams.queensview.ca. And you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. So let's go ahead and jump back into uh, the November 6th open mic reading in the And the Journey Continues monthly series, again held at the Elm Cafe, and uh, held that evening also as part of uh, an event in CFRC 101.9 FM's 13th Annual Funding Drive that was going on that week. And the readings, again, done, as you've heard, in the rounds. So just a single palm per poet. And uh, so, as I mentioned, in case you tuned in late, I've grouped them rather than just uh, one two-minute poem or one-minute poem or three-minute poem uh, and interrupting all of that with... uh, this (laughs) this <laughs> uh, so I group them in groups of four or five so in this next group you will hear in this order Rob Watson Kinman Jillian Glatt Kai Pierce and N. Graham as we start round two let's bring up again Rob Watson <laughs> Uh, This is called The Petals Made of Dust. I look out into the crowd of all the petals of time falling down and drying out, taking their place among the detritus on the lit side of the moon, and I shed two silent tears, one for me and one for eternity. I gaze into the eyes of the jackal lit up at night like two stars in a binary star system, and I am mocked by the beast, yips, and I look away and shed some sweat dots my brow like dew in the humidity of the dark morn is still night. For all I know, I am a fool, but the jester knows best. It is here where angels speak, here where kings whisper and listen. I peer out into the ocean as waves of plastic come rolling in and wash up on the beach. This makes me throw up. My mind Maddened, full of awful murmurs, I look away and I feel soulless and knowing some other species may take over the planet someday. I work through the ideas, I work through the days, I do my best and I measure up to myself most of the time. And if I am ridiculed, it is only by others. And they are the ones that don't really know me. I am genuine and proud of all I accomplish. 
The words recreate themselves. The words tell stories, always stories of these scribbles in the dark. These ideas emerge and time encourages wine, carries summer dreams, and the world softens. I know the universe knows better than we, a drop in an interstellar cauldron. Spinning, we seek fire and lust. We know pain and dust is as dust was so long ago in the infancy of all the leaves. A stain on all that has aged and wisdom calls from the dust, for we all shall be such. Rob Watson, let's give him another hand. Up next, Kin Man, let's bring him up. Okay, I'm going to indulge myself a bit here. Two new granddaughters, Ada, Ia. Fanny, my son with Ada, Siri, my daughter with Mia. And there's a reference to Tristan Shandy for those who have sort of packed away the school books. That was by Lawrence Stone, Life and Opinions of Christian Shandy. Amazing book with one blank page in it, color black. Always got me in time I open that book. Okay. The drive had me hours beyond what I want to endure. But Ada, smiling like Kali, as Nia, Siri, let me engage in fun without virtue with those as craze. Then near Warden, Maggie and Ada in her parents' arms, the older lifting off a suit from me as corpse. Later the avenue, Siri with Nia, deep in a field. It remains as clear as the blank page in Tristram Shandy that meeting a baby's need is beyond me. So wife was tasked to comfort Nia and Ada. I will see a lightning of sentence with distractions, fish, plants, and excuses too easy to overcome, herbs with a choice of meat, and time with TV. Dream on, Grandpa man. You know you never could somersault, but at least they will laugh at old bones wanting younger times. Next kid man, let's give him another hand. <laughs> up next, Jill Glatt, spring her up. <laughs> Conversation, ceasing, sighing, slipping into suspirations. Thank you. Jim Glad, give her another hand.
Let's see if you can guess who's up next. Let's bring up Kai. Uh, this one's also untitled, but for context, I wrote it right after the last thunderstorm we had back in the beginning of last month. Galaxy Hands. It is a night before I see you again, and the skies just opened up with deafening cracks that hushed the city beneath them. The sound of worlds wrenched apart, reuniting, coming back into one another and reflecting up off the water, cooling at the bases of limestone pillars. And I, a pilgrim in search of answers, took to the streets to be amongst the bedlam and found only found a grin plastered between my own cheeks with no more answers, no greater an idea than with which I started. Galaxy hands, comet heart, sailor of my morning seas, keep an eye out for me. That was Kai, let's give him another hand. Up next, Dan Graham, let's bring her up. I love this woman, I love her writing. This is Linda Stitt again. Homecoming, take me. I will go with you and leave my duties all behind, entrusted to your keeping. I will leave my loves and hates, my laughter and my weeping, my silver bracelets and my golden beads and all that I possess, my truths, my lies, my poetry, those things I can't express, and those things half and still inadequately said. I leave to you summation, and naked come to liberation, shedding the last shreds of my separateness, growing all, bringing back to you my soul. Sam Graham, let's give her another hand. And again, you heard from the November 6th open mic reading in the end, the Journey Continues monthly uh, reading series. Again, as part of CFRC's funding drive uh, in uh, back in that week in November, you heard readings by Rob Watson, Kinman, Jillian Glatt, Kai Pierce, and Ann Graham, again in that order. And coming up in order next, you're going to hear readings by... Bob McKenzie, Eugene Karnakia, Meg Freer, and Mike Drake. Up next, Bob McKenzie, let's bring him up. Small commercial first. This is my new book. I have copies here. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> And I felt this poem might be fitting for this evening. It's called 50s Cafe Poetry Reading. Tabletop linoleum accepts my elbow and submits as though I were an old friend it had known long ago. 
The wooden chair racks my knees with history while they grow numb from sitting here too long and jukebox jazz becomes cold noise. Up front a poet reads banal jokes with pregnant pauses and porn suggests some bedside cosmic witchcraft exists for the lovers like a universal law of love. I press my elbows deeper, cherish the comfort of old Lionel, imagine squares with cameras, let my thoughts blur into gray, far from this curtain of poems. Let's call McKenzie, let's give another hand. Up next, Eugene Karnakia. Let's bring him up. The city of clay. In this city of clay, the unwritten poems gather huddled, murmuring in rain-slicked parking lots under alien illumination. The reaper has harvested the flock. The churches now empty, awaiting demolition or condo conversion. In the neo-urban wastelands, the homeless and the fringe, countless, teeming, invisible, like black stars in a black sky while atop black basalt towers, windowless, the artificial stars are burning bright, consuming fuel and oxygen, feasting upon the blood and the flesh, the sacrament of slavery. Eugene Kornacki, let's give him another hand. Up next, Meg Freer, let's bring her up. This is called Melancholy is Not Only for the Old. She can't read the fine print of the sky, seems amazed to see airplanes fly by the window of the common area. Though she knows the home is in a big city, says she can't bear to leave her husband in this room where men she describes as sad, ugly, and vocal wait away the days through dull momentum of routine. She tells him of a historic house nearby whose sign says it has been rehabilitated, and he wonders if it had bad habits. Strange things occur in this place, where it's hard to explain why a busy day won't cause blood clots in lungs, and the food tastes like sadness. One woman taps thoughts on the table before her ideas fossilize. Another burps a baby doll, tries to close the railway tunnel doors to keep out the cows. The quiet ones, their underused bodies buried in ghost dunes of memories, don't grow old in the usual way. Existence here sustains itself 
by friction against the sides of nearly empty bowls reserved for those who no longer enjoy small pleasures like polka dots or the promise of lentil soup. <laughs> Make prayer, let's give another hand. Up next, Mike Drake, bring him up. Uh, this poem's uh, inspired by staying in a, in a weekend in Toronto, so it's kind of entitled uh, Broadview after a hotel on Queen Street East. <clears throat> Bed piled over with poems, streetcar steel. The angle of sight, relationships. The skip, skip, skip. The smile, smile. The roaming into eggs and art. You on my body, on my life. Always water and green. Pavement, dogs, people moving to rhythm, to instruments, to anger. Fists for crying, men beating on broken boys, them searching for streetcar mothers, fathers to hold their distorted bodies, swollen injustices. I want to lie down on the rails and have kind brown-skinned men feed me rice and village love. Spoon me a goodness that travels endlessly, knowing others as they know themselves. I want diners to be temples, rest stops for my hungers, like you are. Skip, 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 like you are. Thank you. Mike Drake, let's give him another hand. And you just heard from the November 6th open mic reading in the And the Journey Continues monthly series. Again, that evening held as part of our fun and annual funding drive back in November, first week in November. In this order, uh, you heard Bob McKenzie, Eugene Kornakia, Meg Freer, and Mike Drake. And as I mentioned at the top of the hour, uh, I allowed ample time today, uh, partly because there are a number of calls for submissions uh, that I'm aware of uh, that are going to expire by the end of the month. So coming up uh, within the next few days, actually, I want to be sure and get to them. I also want could give them one last shout out. Also, I want to mention a number of events coming up uh, this coming week. I should just mention quickly before I do that, you're listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Uh, streaming live online, www.cfrc.ca. Okay, I will mention there's been an event going on, an arts event called the Creative Arts Focus uh, Program Events. Prese- or the, it's who is presenting a Virtual Paradise 2019. And uh, this is part of a series of semi-annual student exhibitions. Uh, uh, I believe all, all, well, all secondary student uh, exhibitions of artwork done under the tutelage of uh, Karen Peppercorn, uh, teacher at LDSB and LCVI, and program coordinator and founder of Creative Arts Focus, 
program that was established in 1990, which would make this, I believe, the 29th year or going on the 29th year uh, that she's been doing that. Uh, These have been held, again, twice a year in various downtown vacant building locations each year, as far as I know, since its inception to highlight her students' work. Uh, The event sponsor is, again, this year, Keystone Property Management and uh, Jay Abramsky. Uh, and I'm reading that from their notice. Uh, this year it is it's going on through Sunday, January 27th. So it's going to be open today yet, I believe, until 6. Uh, I believe there is, yeah, there is as well a fashion and tune night tonight, then from 7 to 9 p.m. So you might want to check that out. Uh, the hours tomorrow are... Uh, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturdays, it says, so tomorrow, and then Sunday, 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. Again, that's at the old, for those of you that are familiar, the old American Apparel Store, right on Princess, kind of across the street from uh, Stone City Ales and North uh, Northside. Uh, it's at 274 Princess Street. Uh, And then coming up uh, on Wednesday night this week, January 30th, 8 p.m., it is the next in the uh, Queen's Poetry Slam series, uh, always held now at the Grad Club, always on the last Wednesday night of the month. Uh, Admission is $5 or pay what you can. Uh, The event begins at uh, 8 p.m., but I believe the doors open at 7.30. It's usually preceded by an open mic. So that's coming up at the Grad Club again uh, this uh, this Wednesday evening. Uh, There is also... What have we got here? Oh, there is, for those of you that might be interested, uh, uh, there is, too, uh, the Juvenus Festival 2019 launch. Uh, I just found out about this coming up a week from Sunday, so it's coming up in the next week. Uh, and if you want to know uh, what uh, Juvenus 2019 has in store, uh, there will be a Juvenus Festival 2019 launch. It will be happening again uh, a week from Sunday, February 3rd at 7.30 p.m. Uh, the event will be held upstairs of the Grizzly Grill and uh, all-ages event with free food. And uh, that's located at 396 Princess Street, Again, 7.30 p.m. doesn't have an end time, but a family event, I can imagine it would probably be over by 9 or so. I don't know. Uh, I'm also seeing here something about 7 p.m. So 7.30 seems to be the correct time. I think the other listing is wrong. So at the Grizzly Grill, February 3rd, Sunday, February 3rd. And... uh, The next thing I'm going to do now, just to, because there are a lot of them, and make sure I have enough time here, and I can always come back to events, but I'm going to move into the calls for submissions. Uh, From the League of Canadian Poets, and this is open to both members and non-members. Uh, there, these are for uh, it's a two, it's their 2019 national broadsheet contest. So submissions to the league's. Uh, uh, well, obviously they're open. Uh, the winner will receive ten copies of their poem as handcrafted artisanal broad 
broadsheet designed and produced by Briar Craig. Uh, the winning poem will also be included in the 2019 poem in your pocket booklet, uh, distributed internationally in partnership with the Academy of American Poets and featured on the League website. Uh, they will also refree, uh, receive, the winner will receive a one-year membership with the League, plus $150 cash. Uh, there is a $10 entry fee for members, $15 uh, for non-members. So if you have uh, some poems that are broadsheet, uh, I would definitely suggest you try to enter. And the call for submissions ends on January 28th. Tell you what, you can get a lot more information and submission guidelines at poets.ca slash broadsheet. And this is for, let's see what we've got here. It's the 2000, it's called for submissions, 2019 Voden Prize in National Competition. And it's the Dan School of Drama and Music at Queen's University in partnership with Kingston Writers Fest. Uh, is proud, it says here, is proud to announce the 2019 Voden uh, Prize National Competition with a first prize of $15,000. And a second prize of 7000 The call opened uh, back in November. That doesn't really matter. But what does matter is it's going to end January 30th. Uh, so you might want to check this out. Let's uh, see. It's, it's a biannual national competition, open competition, uh, named... Uh, to honor the national playwright Herman Voden and is judged blind. Uh, so, if you're a playwright uh, or playwright, uh, I would suggest uh, you contact, uh, let's see here, sdm.queensu.ca slash the dash Voden and that's V O A D E N dash prize slash. So again, uh, and if you just Google search 2019 V O A D E N Voden Prize National Competition, that should take you right where you need to go. There is a short story award for new writers. Call for submissions out. Uh, the Master's Review is seeking short story submissions. Uh, and uh, host, uh, um, they're calling this their Winter Award. Uh, working with five agencies, our, winter, our winner and honorable mentions earn agency review as well as publication. Winning story earns 3000 Second and third prize uh, runners-up. Two hundred and one hundred and fifty dollars. I'm sorry, two hundred and one hundred dollars, respectively. So, uh, full submissions. You know what? Uh, just go to the Masters Review, and I'm guessing uh, they have a place on there for submissions or contests. Anyway, look for short story award for new writers because I've got like a two line. Uh, uh, link here and i'm not going to try to read it all out so again what's important to know too is you, the deadline is january 31st there is another january 31st deadline for uh call for submissions for juniper they are a poetry journal 
Uh, they're open for submissions through January 31st. Uh, they are only open for submissions during the month of January, May, and September. You'll find that on their uh, website or their Facebook page. I believe they have a Facebook page. Uh, their guidelines say, please send up to three unpublished poems in the body of an email to the editors of juniperpoetry at gmail.com. In your cover letter, please include the titles of your poems and a short bio. And it says, no attachments, please. And uh, although they encourage uh, simultaneous submissions, uh, they'd like to be notified immediately uh, via email if uh, you would have to withdraw one or more of your poems. Uh, and let me just give you, again, deadline, January 31st. And uh, their website, it's easy. It's just... Juniper uh, Poetry, all one word, dot com. And then I think I've got one more uh, that I'm going to have time for. Uh, actually, I might even be able to get back to the event. So this call for submissions, uh, this is for art space, actually. It's uh, Unit 115 at Kingston Arts Council. Uh, and it just says here, and uh, simply, uh, we are accepting applications for our community art space. Unit 115, you have until Fe uh, February 1st, 2019, to submit your proposal. So if you just uh, go to their, uh, uh, their um, website at www.artskingston.ca, and if you want the direct link, then it would just be slash community-art-space should take you right to the page. So I'd really encourage you to try that. That's really a cool art space. It gets a lot of traffic right there at the Tet Center on the ground floor right beside the cafe. Uh, so, yeah, you might want to check that out. Let me page back here to events and see where I left off. I'm just going to give you a heads up uh, the, uh, because we're listening to it anyway, or we're listening to readings from it today anyway. Uh, the next day, and the journey continues. Open mic reading. Uh, the Elm Cafe, unfortunately, uh, had a pipe burst that caused a lot of major damage to walls, and especially, I believe, one of the restrooms. So uh, it has essentially forced them to close the store. I do not know if they will be open in time for our reading, which is a week from Tuesday, which would be way out February 5th. I know there is a lot of reconstruction that needs to be done on several of the walls in there, including the one bathroom. So uh, I just don't know. But uh, I think rather than announce that event this far out, I think this is just more of a keep your uh, keep your eyes open and uh, see if uh, see if you find out they're opening up again. And uh, they've been a wonderful host for this series, so I do wish them all the luck. Uh, they do have an Instagram. I don't know if I copied it. No, I think I've copied it down below here. If you want to keep up to date and find out when they open their doors again, even if it's only for a portion of the cafe. I'm not sure what their plans are. 
there is, uh, yeah, their website is easy. It's just theelmcafe.com, www.theelmcafe.com. They also do have Instagram as well, and it's at theelmcafe. So how easy is that to be able to know what's going on with them? So there you go. And guess what? It is 5 o'clock, and I still didn't get through everything. But, I, again, if I have a few minutes, but at least I got through the stuff that's going to expire soon. So I do want to thank you uh, for having tuned into the first hour this, uh, this afternoon. And hope you can stay tuned to the second hour uh, for more of the same. And uh, the usual announcement uh, that uh, all shows are saved as quickly as I get home on my blog space for this show at uh, finding a voice on cfrcfm.wordpress.com. So with that said, now that it's almost 5.01, welcome back into the second hour of today's show. Uh, And again, you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock and we do stream live online at www.cfrc.ca coming up in this hour as you can tell we moved into the second half of uh, the evening that night so we're going to complete the second half of the evening that night and i've got just enough time to get it in this hour we're going to conclude uh, with readings and I'll go through the full list again because I haven't read them all together since the top of the hour but this is from the November 6th open mic reading in the end the journey continues monthly reading series held at the Elm Cafe and that evening held during the week and so a featured event in CFRC's uh, CFRC 101.9 FM's 13th Annual Funding Drive. Who you will hear in this hour will be Ken Chin, Sasha Hill, Catherine Lord, Alyssa Cooper, Octavie Doherty Haig, Eric Folsom, Kinman, Jill Glatt, Kai Pierce, and Graham, Eugene Kornakia, Meg Freer, and again myself. Uh, this first, though, as always, Occasionally, some poetry, spoken word, or music played on this show may contain strong language, but it's all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the integrity of both the author and the piece. And again, these were one-poem readings in the rounds, so airing them. I think most of the rest of these are groups of four, but uh, let's just find out as we go along here. From, uh, you're going to hear up first... As we continue that evening here, you will hear, again in this order, Ken Chin, Sasha Hill, and Catherine Lord. Up next, Ken Chin. Bring him up. I never meant this to happen, but I must have been thinking about it all week. I just finished this writing, um, this one last week, but it's so appropriate for tonight. This one's for the election down south. Master of Deceit. It is said, politics is war without blood, and war is politics with blood. Either way, it's war. Truth is the first casualty of war, and we've seen a lot of casualties lately, almost every time he opens his mouth. Instead of facts, those who hate are told what they want to hear. 
When love is replaced by hate and anger, rabbit dogs are unleashed on an unsuspecting path. He's not original, not even new. We've seen many like him before. Divide the people. Make those against you as the common enemy. Give them someone to put the blame on. Someone to focus crosshairs on. So much in love with himself, he probably believes in his own lies. His cronies echo his every word, without question, without thought, and often without clue to reality. He has no use for educated people, as he has openly said. He uses ignorance as a weapon, inciting his fly-waving minions to commit acts of violence that would leave a nation in mourning. Every few decades, a new dictator emerges, fascist, communist, or banana republic president. But when you elect a millionaire businessman with no more manners or morals than a shoddy used car salesman, call it extreme capitalism gone insane. It may take years, or it could happen tomorrow. This master of deceit will be exposed in a glaring light of truth. The people of a great nation will not stand for a government built on lies and know that the power of the people is greater than those of the people in power. Thank you. It's Ken Chen, let's give her another hand. Up next, Sasha Hill, let's bring her up. kind of dark. Blistering winds whip past her as she stands on the precipice. The wind streaks tears across her face in cool gray marks, reminiscent of war paint. Reeling from her fight, she can just never win. So she ran, running without thinking, wishing for the ease of the end the last pulsing heartbeat to shake her to her core, for in the moment before the fall, the heart beats as if it needs to move blood of 50 years all in the same minute. Heart leaping, feet frozen, she stands alone, peering over the cliff face. She has never been afraid of heights, but now as the moment dawns on her, her feet will not obey her. She is terrified. She was never afraid of running, just afraid of being still, for in the still quiet moments, in the dead of night, is when the demons ignite their illustrious fantasies, creeping up behind her like an old friend returning for a warm embrace. It will be easy. I can help you. The demon speaks. A vivacious woman with a skull necklace and rotting teeth, smiling feverishly as she urges the woman forward. The woman takes a step, toes now over the edge by an inch. It will end all of your pain. You won't have to see us anymore. The demon whispers seductively. The woman urges her foot forward. Both of her feet now hang off the edge of the cliff. Cragged rocks, sharp like spikes, poke up from the waves, ebbing and crashing along the shore a hundred feet below. 
Get back from the ledge. A man's voice rings out, carried by the wind in a haunting lull. The woman cranes her neck and looks behind her. A man of 50 stands in a winter coat with hand outstretched to her. It is her father. Is this a vision or is it really him? Him who judges her life every minute. Him who can't ever lift his hand from crushing her. Him who now outstretches this hand. Go away. The woman howls into the wind and the ocean. The ocean beckons. I didn't mean what I said, Ira. Please come back from the cliff. Her father pleads with her, tears streaked across his faint paint. Bleh. Tears streaked across his face like war paint. He has never cared for you. You should jump, says the demon now with her claws digging into Ira's back. Just leave me alone. This hurts too much, Iris says as she leaps back onto the rocks behind her. Thank you very much. Hello, Sasha Hill. Let's give her another hand. Catherine, you got another poem? Yeah. Catherine Lord, let's bring her back out. So, uh, this summer, I made a new best friend. And we had a lot of time together, group of friends, and he was worried that when the fall came, friendships would never quite remain the same. So for his birthday, I wrote Season of Friendships. So I will read Summer and Fall and then see how it goes. On. Because there's some inappropriate things <laughs> in the spring. <laughs> As springs are. Anyway, okay, here it goes. Seasons of Friends. So you don't forget ever I love you very much. You are loved by me and many others. They will show it differently in each chapter of their lives accordingly, as each and every season displays its beauty in its own intricate fashion, in its infinite minute ways, minute ways, just to remind you that the sun shines throughout the year and never forgets to show you a path even among the densest thickets. Remember clear summer hills, stark contrast of blue and yellows, plains of endless furrows? Didn't you see under the vast cerulean skies, so bright, slightly painful to look at, Friends holding still, filling their senses, breathing dust on, of sun rays, diffuse light, dark precise shadows wherever they go. The sun is there on their skin, bare, following their strides in the wild, wild field that nature provides. 
Then you see Berzy Burroughs, dotted with colorful, cladly, colorfully clad people, white hat, blue shorts, pink crop tops, silvery chairs and red parasols on downtown patios. All shapes and hues rendered possible by the brightness of summer days. Sunshine, yes, thank you. Lights also show on late, on late autumn afternoons when the sun flirts with the moon. Less of sun, for a bit sad he is. Where have my loved ones gone? Indoors, oh, here I come through the crack in the curtains and on the back of your neck. When nested in your chair, you are quietly reading. That warmth you are feeling, sun, friends, memories. Seasons change in your life. Friends come and go at diverse spaces, in different places, and yet they remain. That you must know. Friends may hide in their own little burrows while the fall leaves put on their show. But be certain that friends always leave their door ajar and are never quite too far. And you just heard, in this order, again, from, see where I'm at here, uh, from uh, the evening uh, readings at the, lost my place here, let me see where I am at. Sorry about this. From the November 6th open mic reading in uh, the end, the journey continues monthly open mic series. Uh, again, held as part of our funding drive uh, back in November. You heard readings by Ken Chin, Sasha Hill, and Catherine Lord in that order. Coming up in uh, this order again. Uh, you will hear readings by, again, Alyssa Cooper, Octavie Darty Haig, Eric Folsom, and Kinman. Let's go ahead and do it. Up next, Alyssa Cooper, let's bring her up. So, for a bit of context on this one, um, in 2010, my mom came down with a blood disorder called TPP, which, to stay out of the complicated medical bullshit, basically means that all of her platelets exploded. Um, so she went from being fine in the morning to being admitted to the hospital in the afternoon to being put in a coma in the evening. And that was in Kingston, and at the time, I was living in Oshawa, I had just been dumped by my boyfriend, so I was getting angry stoned while planning to have revenge sex with a stranger when I received the call from my dad that this was happening. So this is about that. It's called Smoking Genesis. <laughs> One. I'm rolling joints with Bible paper, thin as onion skins, and my fingers are skilled. 
This is the party trick that I use to impress the boys. Look how quick I can finish. The trick I use to make them see me as more than a girl, more than a fuck magic in my palms. And we ran out of blank pages hours ago. Now we are smoking Genesis, torn apart and reassembled, held together with tonguefuls of honey. And when I inhale, I can taste the voice of God. When the phone rings, my father's voice is an angel fluttering their wings. My father's voice is not his own. My father's voice is a seventh day. It is an eon away, and yet I can taste it. He doesn't say your mother is dying, but that's what he means. And so I put down the Bible, too. In the back seat of the car, I spit my teeth into my hand. I roll them like dice and hold them out to the empty seat beside me. Kiss him, baby. Give me your luck. I have not breathed in hours. Three. At the hospital, I am embarrassed by the sticky smell that follows me, by the smears of honey on the backs of my hands, by my eyes as dry as bones. Men in coats warn me to say goodbye, and I refuse. It is a futile gesture, meaningless words. If she dies, the world is over anyways. There is no going on without her. She will drag me down with her tar-stained hands. Her death is revelations, and we will not survive it. Later, I will wonder if it was my stubbornness that saved her in all the years that my youthful cruelty kept me out till dawn, drenched in liquor and wreathed in smoke. She waited, exhausted with eyes like coals, heaped carving lines at the corners of her mouth. She would not sleep until she heard me say goodnight. Alyssa Cooper, let's give her another hand. Up next, Octavi Doherty Haig. Did I get it right that time? <laughs> okay, so this poem is called Your Scream. Would you please just shut the fuck up? I know you're stuck. You've been yelling for hours of things you just made up. I want to throw up. I want to tell you to grow up. I want to shove toilet paper in my ears so I don't have to hear about the mess you can't clean up. You know what chokes me when you scream? I have to shove my own fist down my throat and bite on my hands. I can't stand it. I can't tell you to be quiet. The whole house is losing their minds. But at the same time, it's a crime to tell you to be quiet. And I can't sleep. I can still hear you weep and laugh and cackle, and then you cry. It's like a sick reverse lullaby that keeps me awake for hours. Instead of sweet, subtle showers, I, I get tidal waves of words I've never heard. It's absurd. You're absurd. I'm absurd. I wish I could tell you you're sick. Each time you scream, I have to stitch my own mouth shut with a rusty needle and a messy knot. Letting the infectious words metastasize my thoughts, I feel myself rot. But at least you're happy. You still don't know how crazy you sound. Your words are the hounds that follow me around. These dogs won't go away. 
They bark and growl and remind me of the things you say, so I stay awake. I pray for the day you actually understand the things you say. The day this warped version of you strolls away and leaves me with the person I loved talking to. I don't know what to do. I can't talk to you. Thank you. Let's to be Cordy at Hague. Let's give her another hand. Up next, Eric Folsom. Let's bring him up. Thank you. Wow, you guys. Um, welcome to the dark part of the evening. And I won't help you. <laughs> Train in the rain. Which came first, the future or the past? The unraveling destinies of a conclave of heroes gathered before the gates of Troy? Or the prior, instrumental decisions of kings and mariners that carried one and all to the dry, dusty plain where no more decisions can be made? Can only gods and goddesses foretell with any confidence the fortunes of mortals Futures lurking around corners while we tell each other about butterflies as causes of unlikely effects. The gentlest brush of wings, imminent with destiny like an offered kiss. The moon is wearing lipstick tonight. The train has lost its favorite leather jacket. Somewhere in my head, I'm singing Judy Collins. Someday soon, go with him, someday soon. The same way I sang a lifetime ago, unaware, pushing falsetto into each corner of the bedroom. Ignorance, just as snug as an enchanted sleep. Rip Van Beauty, almost ready to leave home, oblivious to the non-binary lubricious truth, believing gender only bendable at the edges. Love, low sparks of long-haired, high-heeled boys, androgynous denial is the badge of youth. A commune in the country fantasized, friends and lovers, kittens and puppies in a heap of mattresses piled on the floor before the fireplace. Such phantom chateau, unaffordable now, Unicorns are on strike for better working conditions. A biromantic wish list truncated by time. Strangely, I dreamt of my father last night, alive and riding the night train with me, but lounging, smug with a very male lover, a sly smile on the face I'd known all my life. While the train sped on, and the rain intensified, the lightning conspicuous in the incomprehensible dark. Derek Folsom, let's give him another hand.
Kid Man. Let's bring him up. Quite a few closed narratives you come across. Uh, this one concerns brother, sister, the classic fate, and in between other things. There it goes. And habits. Here I am, without my staple blank pages and anxious, but with the flow of such cutterwish walls. I can hold course with a pen on another sheet. I think when I could of the tyranny of such habits, Maria advising me that unless I was, don't. Slim, pulling at his cassock, whispered pain. That walk along the hedge and through the tunnel to office, tolling bees before he administrates was slim. And marriage, his choice when he was free. Maria went earlier, breaking her vows, keeping faith. And to Ireland, she chose to go with husband, John Jr. and Moira, her sweet kids. Who can predict when you resist and what you choose when free? So with history to note, I shuffle between habits. Thank you. Ms. Kinman, let's give another hand. And you just heard in that order from, again, the November 6th open mic reading in the End the Journey Continues monthly series at the Elm Cafe and held again as uh, an event in uh, CFRC's uh, 13th Annual Funding Drive uh, that evening. You heard in this order, uh, Lisa Cooper, Octavie, Doherty, Haig, Eric Folsom, and Kinman. Just want to quickly say you're listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We do stream live online, www.cfrc.ca. So coming up next, uh, we're in the getting to the last two sessions that evening. Uh, you're going to hear readings by Jillian Glatt, Kai Pierce, Anne Graham, Eugene Kornakia, and Meg Freer, again, in that order. Tim Chin, you got another one? Yeah. Perfect. Let's bring him up. A couple of years ago, um, at my knee replaced in the hospital, they over-medicated me. So when I got home, I was uh, going through cold turkey. For the next little while, I just, just lie in my bed and just watched the world around me, basically outside. And this is what my neighborhood, I just live a couple blocks from here, come from my room. Okay, I made a mistake. Uh, I'm going, I'm reading this, and I'm going, okay, that one was supposed to happen last, not this time. Let's do this again. You're going to hear in this order 
Jillian Glatt, Kai Pierre, San Graham, Eugene Kernakia, and Meg Freer. I am so sorry about that. Here we go. Let's try this again. Yo, Glatt, bring her up. Another sharp one. This one's called Synonym. There's nobody here now, just me and the people inside of their homes, which I am standing outside of. And the telephone wires stretched above my head, holding the stars, which are nameless and plenty. And the long, smooth roads, which are named, but which I cannot remember until after I stop gazing up and move on. Thank you. Joe Glatt, let's give another hand. Up next, Kai, let's bring him up. For everyone else following the American election, like I am, there's currently tied Democrats or Republicans 51 seats each. Um, so, all the anxiety. <laughs> uh, this poem is much different than my normal stuff, but it's something I'm experimenting with and want feedback on, so, critique it away. It's called The Procession of the Breaking Men. There is a deadened space between me and myself some unnameable chasm of disembodied unconscious. And so I find myself probing the depths of my, I don't know. I am sent there, here, when a man tells me that he wants to love me. And on my loneliest evening, I tell him that my heart is tired and I just want to fuck. Autumn arrived sometime last week when I wasn't looking. Too consumed with my heartbreak I was to notice her cold hands as she stole away all of the summer flowers. Later, a straight man tells me that he wants to fuck me, and then disappears until the next time he is drunk. I wonder what it is like to only seek out your desire within the boundary lines of liminal consciousness. I wonder what it is like not to. My bones grown again as I am waking up another morning, and I can't even smell the memory of you anymore. My teeth ache from my dreams, trying to force them together so tightly that they might trap my words inside me, my loneliness trying to suffocate my voice. Last night I was sitting there, dazed and delirious, when the north wind blew through my mind and brought a cold clarity long mist. Our hearts have a funny way of extinguishing love, but the blackness and scorch marks left from snuffing out forest fires, they will never leave. The man who said he wants to love me texted me last night and he asked if I'm still awake. And my blackened heart answers no. Instead, I go outside, a bandit in the night, to steal what few summer flowers remain so that they might get me through this winter. Maybe if I layer them thick enough, I'll cover up the burn smell. Thanks. Hi, let's give him another hand. 
Sexton Graham. And again, I just want to say, Linda Stitt, I love you. <laughs> Dying wish, a Buddhist perspective on the hereafter. I do not want to go to heaven. That is not my aspiration. Heaven, in my understanding, still turns upon the wheel of dependent origination. And though blissful they may be, Though brilliant and sublime, heavenly states will still spin within duality, governed by impermanence and time. The gods, however glorious and mighty in their day, are subject overcomes to downfall and decay. Heaven in its splendor is merely a resting place along the evolutionary way, not as I have heard, the destination. Just a nice place for a vacation along the noble path of liberation. And those who dwell in heavenly forms, as purified as they may be, as joyous and compassionate and gentle, must brave again the pain of human life to seek cessation of the transit gentle. And I don't want to go to heaven for as far as I can tell, heaven, if one has not attained a saintly patience, must be a kind of hell. But the road has already been devilish hard as far as I have gone with it. So please give me, please, a speedy rebirth and let me get on with it. Then Graham, let's give another hand. Up next, Eugene Karnakia, let's bring him up. Okay, this offering is 1.1 poems. Sinful keepsakes. Keepsakes of the cranial confession box. These many sins written upon slips of paper tucked within the folds of the cerebellum like orthodox prayers enfolded in the cracks of the wailing wall, that last crumbling memory of the great temple, these secret missives to long abdicated gods. Divine vision to gaze upon the face of God, first shatter all the mirrors. Thank you. Eugene Kardagia, let's give another hand. Up next, Meg Freer. operation. It begins underground. Stealthy attackers prepare to thwart all sentinels, emerge from earth, from wood, from concrete, extend and sharpen alien claws, 
grab and clutch with evil intent, everything within reach, climb roofs and fences. Let the bugles blow orange blooms of triumph, trumpet vine invades. Make prayer, let's give another hand. And you just heard in uh, this order from the November 6th open mic reading in the end, the journey continues monthly series at the Elm. And again, I should mention was part of our uh, 13th annual funding drive an event in it. Uh, the readings you heard were by Jillian Glatt, Kai Pierce and Graham, Eugene Kornakia and Meg Freer, again in that order. And up next in it, and this will be the final set of poets uh, that evening in this order. You'll hear, now that I have have it lined up right, uh, readings by Ken Chin, Catherine Lord, Alyssa Cooper, Eric Folsom, and myself. Here we go. Ken Chin, you got another one? Perfect. Let's bring him up. A couple of years ago, um, I had my knee replaced in the hospital. They over-medicated me. So when I got home, I was uh, going through cold turkey. For the next little while, I just could just lie in my bed and just watch the world around me, basically outside. And this is what my neighborhood, I just live a couple blocks from here, come from my room. Little white morphine pills in plastic bottles. Little white pills dancing in my head. Body shaking with chills, running up and down. Staring at nothing in particular, with the sun streaking down on a hot August afternoon. Police and bylaw enforcement pounding on doors. Andrew comes to practice martial arts on kitchen floor. Misty, my gray shadow, follows me from room to room. Little Kitty struts on by her tail in the air, looking for her bowl of cereal on which she dines. Living at the edge of the hinterlands, lumpets abound. Unfortunate souls off their meds, walking up and down Montreal Street, battling demons inside your head. Others on self-induced reality stumble around. Essential articles of clothing, nowhere to be found. At night, while the working class sleeps, the non-working class are busy out on the street. Neighbors screaming at each other with invitations to fight. Sitting on doorsteps with beer and cigarettes all night. Marauding bicycles lurking in the dark, armed with flashlights and petty criminal minds. Every day, the marginalized and the inconsequential and all that slip, all those that slip through the cracks, clutching all their worldly possessions in reused plastic bags. The food basic shopping cart Mode of transportation, mode of transportation of convenience or choice, on the way to Martha's tables for a daily meal. I could see them, I could hear them, I could smell what they smoke. The world, with all its particularities, reaches out to me from my room. Thank you. Ken Chin, let's give him another hand. Catherine, do you have another one? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Let's bring up Catherine Lord. 
this was a summer fling just before you start really liking the person but you're not sure and you're timid about it the way you take both hands to bring me to your to you and gently lay your lips in a softness leaves me in tender longing for more another memory sealed in small doses the way you make yourself seen when appearing near me from the corner of my eye makes me swiftly register your presence, taking in your warmth, even being feet apart, absorbing some of your essence in my body, in my heart. The way you send me an array of music, a string of sound pearls, sprinkling through my wheat suggests, perhaps, that I may be on your mind from time to time. The way any chat with you can evolve in deep conversations, knowledge flowing in all directions, juggling with verb, being humble and smart, deep, funny, inquisitive, connecting dots, collecting thoughts. Curiosity is indeed a form of art. The way you slowly open up to me, emotionally uncovering parts of your story, a door onto your soul slightly ajar makes me feel honored to be on your path at this precise moment of our life when maturity and experience come together at last. And it is all for those reasons, all those ways of yours and how I feel around you that my thoughts wander towards you at night. And when, I, when, and when the first rays of sun and the morning start to shine on my way to my morning routine, you also happened to stop by on my mind. Catherine Moore, let's give another hand. Up next, Alyssa Cooper, let's bring her up. Grandparents on my dad's side, uh, who I never met, they all died before I was born, um, are all Irish immigrants. Um, and then my grandparents got to hear all of those stories firsthand, and I've been hearing them filtered down. But my grandfather passed this time last year, and my grandmother is in the hospital right now. Uh, and it's kind of like watching that connection to any sense of culture I had slowly deteriorating. So this is the poem I wrote about that. I'm really good at being happy. <laughs> this is called Ira. I stare at maps of surnames and wonder at their legitimacy. Run fingers over faded borders, caress the rocky shore, and wonder where we set sail from. I wonder where the salty wind took hold of our dandelion parachutes and carried us aloft. I wonder what lands the bones of my ancestors still feed. But there's no one left alive to ask. I tried to learn Irish once, but my tongue couldn't find its way around the words. Wooden and clumsy, we got lost in the twisted alleyways of pronunciation and barely found our way out. I tried tattooing them across my fingers instead, but my foreign skin couldn't understand the ink, turned the letters into mud puddles. My young flesh rebelled against history, denied me my past. 
And when I met a woman with green eyes and a beautiful accent, I told her that my family was Irish. And she laughed in a voice that echoed with highlands and seas, and she shook her head. No, she said, you're not. And who was I to argue? My story is diluted by the passage of time like water added to ink with every generation and now I am here, translucent. I am a ghost haunting the halls of memory. I am invisible, a half-life thing with words for everyone except myself. And when she was young, my grandmother let women from back home read her future in tea leaves. Back home, that was what she called it, though she had never set foot there, grew up on the shores of a river masquerading as the sea, her nose always searching for salt. And I wonder if they saw me there, those back home women with their gnarled hands, did they see me, painted like moss in the bottom of her teacup, little lost soul with the treacherous name, did they see me, floating with ink in my skin, falling in love with seeds? that I have never seen. Thank you. Melissa Cooper, let's give another hand. Up next, Eric Folsom. We got another one, Eric? Cool, here we go. I'm going to cheese and read something that some of you have heard before. So, this is about Tom Marshall, who was a friend of mine. He was also a professor at Queen's. He was a, a great poet uh, and novelist and critic. Uh, he was also queer at, in a time when you didn't tell people that you were. Uh, the poem also references the great Anishinaabe painter, Norval Marceau. His um, co-artist uh, and protege, Anishinaabe painter Carl Ray, and Kingston poets uh, Charles Sangster and Agnes Macar. There, now you know everything. His blueness for Tom Marshall, 1938-1993. This is a poem with no beginning, no edges to speak of poet's geometry. No circumference or center apparent, expanding like the universe, tumbling headlong into the present. In districts of limestone and lilac, he lingers, a Carlsberg stubby in his hand, and I stand in Tom's living room in conversation again, looking at his large Carl Ray print, so much stronger in real life than as the printed cover of the White City. Animal spirits bedazzled and dazzling. Norval Morisot's protege, Carl Ray, a blue glow of alcohol and privation. A promising painter murdered at 35. Son of Canada, where the bullies we carry in our hearts exclude us out of principle. Carl Ray's claymorphic man looks fearfully at the sun, whose nuptial geometry pierces the mink, transfixes the rabbit, snares the sorrowful man who is turning into a tree, mushrooms at his base like unwanted erections, or 
but to be turning into a man, come to think of it. Too soon the incandescent night arrives, nudus aggressus, nudus revitar. Lilacs in the backyard broken by children's hands, a prescient wind slathered with mock orange, while a clock on Tom's kitchen, its wall says, where? I should mention the album on his bookshelf, propped face out, Frampton comes alive. Stage with rock star photo in purple hazy hair, asking, <laughs> distorted passionate voice in our heads, warlocks throat lifted and patient for kissing. Across city parks, starburst of footpaths, the old ground of poets, Sangster and Makar, a young Tom Marshall is walking to the lake, passing through clouds of early mayflies. The trees of Kingston erupting like green candles. A mayfly becomes tangled in Tom's long straight hair, turning into the next poem back in his apartment. Like a prairie landscape on a one dollar bill. The spirit of place engraved on his heart. Tom becomes Kingston. Kingston becomes Tom. Something to be said for unexpressed longing, for the tip of consciousness started into ceremony, for the poetry finally dropping and floating forever. Dandelion fluff, the random debris of our wishes, the drifting dream physics of a video game. Do you feel like I do? An arrow, swift, a longing too silent and generous to be loved. A poem with no edges, desire with no end. Very close, so much. Give him another hand. And uh, before I read one short poem to end up the night, hey, we're even going to get done before 9.30. Before I end up the night, I do want to, first of all, thank all of you for coming out. But also this, you've heard some wonderful poets here this evening. Give yourselves and everybody else another hand. And she's too humble to like it, but uh, let's give Katie another hand as well. Woo! And just one short thing, my heartfelt thanks to those of you who did donate to, uh, to CFRC. If you just didn't come prepared tonight or are going to do it on the way out, that's cool. Or it's cool anyway. Or you can go to the website, www.cfrc.ca, and check it out there. But... Thank you all so much for your support. I've got one short poem to end the night. It's a short poem, but I've got a 37-minute preamble to it. <laughs> no, I would just mention that I was really looking forward uh, to taking my second train trip ever to Toronto a couple of weeks ago. I went to a book launch there, and... Uh, and... Uh, where was it going with this? I don't know. 
But anyway, that's where this poem came from. Maybe that's all I was saying that for. So is the yeah. It's called Words on a Train. Sitting in the train station today with journal on this small table and pen prepared to write. I suddenly remember my favorite poet, still alive, even older than me, prefers the train, refuses to fly. And this thought now with me as I bore, settled into my seat, pull out the journal again to write. I sense him sitting there in the seat beside I remembering all the words I've long forgotten while he whispers beside me all the words I've never heard. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. And you just heard uh, from, again, the November 6th open mic reading in the And the Journey Continues monthly series held at the Elm Cafe and held that evening as, again, part of CFRC 101.9 FM's 13th Annual Funding Drive. Uh, readings by, in this order, Ken Chin, Catherine Lord, Alyssa Cooper, Eric Folsom, and then myself. I do have just a couple of minutes uh, to share. I might work in one other one other upcoming event just because it's a fundraiser and it's a special event. I think I've got time to do it. But before I do that, I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Uh, you have been listening again to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And just uh, the usual reminder that each hour of every show of these the, uh, each week will be uploaded to my blog space for shortly after the show ends at Finding a Voice on cfrcfm.wordpress.com. will remain there for four years and uh, please do stay tuned. Coming up right after all of this and right at the top of the hour, I uh, will have to air a few recorded announcements as well. Uh, please stay tuned for two hours of East Coast Music and a show called Saltwater Music, hosted by Rob Carnell. Again, right at the top of the hour. And uh, the one event, just enough time, I think. The Cat on a Hot Tim Roof uh, begins its run here soon. Uh, but I can tell you what they are doing, a uh, performance, a one night. Uh, one of the performances is a fundraiser that is happening uh, on uh, Wednesday evening, this coming Wednesday evening, January 30th from 6.30 to 10 at the Domino Theater, which is located at 52 Church Street here in Kingston. And uh, it says, please join us for a great cause and a lot of fun as we raise awareness and funds for research into multiple sclerosis 
apparently Canada is the highest, has the highest percentage of that. So it's a one-night funding uh, for that. Uh, it's $20 a person. Uh, I would say, I'm, I'm guessing, Dom, I didn't write it down, but I'm guessing Domino Theater uh, does have a website. If not, uh, uh, look up uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and uh, their number should be enough information there to get you uh, the information you need. Uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks for tuning in today. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Catch you here next week. This is the opera. Hello, I'm David Smith, and I'd like to invite you to explore the exciting world of opera with me every Sunday at 11 a.m. here on CFRC. We'll listen to opera excerpts, full-length operas, and profiles of artists past and present. Please join me every Sunday from 11 till 1 for This is the Opera. Kingston Community House for Self-Reliance, widely known as 99 York, has for 30 years been providing a central, low-cost meeting space for groups that allow like-minded people to come together to learn from one another, to share resources and trade skills. The goal of this house is to act as an integral part of the neighborhood in which it is located. On a typical evening, an autism caregiver relief group will be at 99 York, together with a 12-step organization and a transgendered support group while a social justice and homeschooling group may be booked in the following day. The community house is also available for less official functions, such as barbecues, birthday and office parties, and other social gatherings. We are proud to also serve the Queen's community. For more information, visit 99 York Street in Kingston. Go to www.99york.org, email info at 99york.org, or call 613-542-1136. Do you like to dance? Tune into The Hustle with DJ Bolt every Friday night between 11 p.m. and midnight. Where you'll hear all the newest dance, electronic, French touch, booty bass, ghetto, deep, and tech house remixes and more. Let The Hustle take you to midnight and beyond at 11 p.m. on 4 to the Floor Fridays. Only on CFRC 101.9 FM. The Youth Diversion Program is a charitable organization which has offered service to youth in the Kingston area since 1974. The goals of the organization are to allow youth to take responsibility for their behavior, to reduce the number of youth involved in the young offender system, to reduce the number of people victimized by youth in our community, and to involve the community in youth corrections. The Youth Diversion Program believes that all members of our community have the responsibility to provide all youth with the opportunity to develop and grow to their fullest potential. They work in partnership with the community to develop quality programs to assist youth 
to make positive changes in their lives and at the same time take responsibility for their actions. Further information, call 613-548-4535 or email info at youthdiversion.com. Since 1922, CFRC Radio has been the campus and community radio station for Queens and Kingston, Ontario. CFRC is both listener-supported. This podcast is produced in collaboration with CFRC.ca in Kingston, Ontario. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Infrastructure support for the CFRC podcast project is provided by the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. For more information or to get involved in podcasting, visit podcasts.cfrc.ca.